0: keeping on going in our uh, study of first timothy we're in first timothy you can go ahead and turn there uh if this is your first week we started a um uh, a book study last week of first timothy uh it's it's called fired up a look at a look at timothy and and timothy was paul's apprentice he even called him a child my true child in the faith and so last week we talked about leading leaders and we only looked at two verses last week we're going to get in to uh, some other aspects of leadership this week. This is a book that is heavy in leadership because Paul is pouring into Timothy, telling him, look, this is the way you need to go. This is the way you need to, to go about it. These are the things that you need to be about. And so uh, we, 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 need to, we need to take these things in and we need to make them a part of our lives so that we can use them as we go through life and as we try to lead, uh, not just our families, not just those around us, but even lead our own hearts. To lead our own hearts towards Jesus Christ and to get out of this habit of just walking through life nonchalantly without paying attention, without really living life on purpose. And we looked last week and and one of our things was is that we need to live life on purpose. We don't need to just let life pass us by or just go through the motions. We need to be living life on purpose and so remember that and let's let's kind of make that a theme as we go through this book is to live life on purpose. Today what I want to look at is some of the instructions that Paul was giving to Timothy and some of the things that he was doing in Timothy's lives and in his life and some of the things that he was leading Timothy to. And what I want to do with that today is, I want to ask you, if you would, to pay attention to what God is doing, not only on the screen and through the notes and through the preaching, but pay attention and, and be cognizant of what God is doing inside of your heart. When you, when you feel pulled in a certain direction, say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I'll go. And, and as we listen to, to you overcame, you're worthy of honor and power and glory, you overcame. And today's message is really going to go toward that direction, toward that flow of Jesus Christ overcoming the world, overcoming chains, overcoming sin, overcoming dominion that the world has over you, and setting you free. Setting you free. The Bible says it was for freedom's sake that Christ set you free. I'm not here to put a yoke on you. I'm not here to put you under a burden of of my rules and regulations or whatever I think to be true. I'm here to show you the word of God and the freeing power that comes from the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm here to help you to step into fulfillment. I'm here to help you to step into a relationship with the Redeemer of the universe so that he can bring you back in to where you should be in line with creation, in line with the order, in line with everything that Jesus christ stands for and a lot of what that means is preaching the gospel so that it will come into your life and lead you out of chains that might look like sin or that might look like religion and both are equally dangerous and so what i'm doing is i'm trying to show you what paul was showing timothy that jesus had showed paul so that you can step into a full relationship with christ so that you can fight for that relationship with christ and so that he might set you free Before we do that, let's get uh, into the scriptures, and before we do that, let's pray, and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Jesus, I pray in your name. I know that you you are already here. I felt the power, and it's just, it's lit me up inside. There's a fire in, in my bones that I don't even know what to do. I just, ah! And so, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I felt the same fire in this congregation, and I know there's some here who don't even know you. But they can what is that they, they 're saying to themselves, what is that? what is that power I feel? what is that presence? what is that? I pray that you would that you would send the spirit that he would fall heavy and, and that we would have this this weight of glory sitting on us right now that that we would have this this awe in our hearts because the king is here. I know you're here. I pray spirit, that you would go in that you would do surgery that you would remove calluses, that you would remove scales over our eyes and, and, and earmuffs out from our ears, God, that you, would, that you would show us, that you would lead us into a deeper walk with you, into a deeper fellowship, into a deeper understanding of the scriptures, so that we might be set free in our souls. Give us the wisdom not to enter back into slavery through sin and religion, through pride and arrogance, God, but help us to live free so that we might lead others to the same freedom, that we might experience you for everything that you are and every ounce of your glory would be poured into us so that we would know that it's not about us and it's not about our righteousness for we have none, but that we would lean on you, that we would be changed by you and that we would be all about you. I pray it in Jesus' name by the will of the Father. Heaven. amen today we're in first timothy we're going to be looking at verses uh, chapter one verses three through seven three through seven as i urged you when i was going to macedonia remain at ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine nor to devote themselves to miss and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from god that is by faith The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, they've wandered away into vain discussions, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. They don't know what they're talking about. Paul is leading Timothy here to do one main thing by a couple of other things. The title of today's message is Shooting Wolves. Shooting Wolves. You see, oftentimes in the Christian faith and in the church, what we hear is that we need to love. We need to love. We need to love. We need to love. And we do need to love. Or we can go to the other end of the spectrum, and what we hear is, you're not like me, get out. You're not like me, get out. You're not like me, get out. You need to change. You need to change. You need to change. You need to follow this, 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 and this rule. Or you can't be part of me. You see we we normally go to one extreme or the other without finding a good balance in the center to say this is who Jesus Christ was and this is what he is doing in me. You see it's not about how you do things, it's not about how you see things unless you are shaping and doing things according to the scriptures. And so we need to step outside of ourselves, outside of our own agendas, and we need to realize what God is doing around us. And we need to step into that plan and be led by him so that we can be used by him in order to protect shooting the wolves, in order to shoot wolves, and to love, to feed the sheep. It is a balanced faith. We need to know Jesus Christ because if you try to do this on your own power, if I try to do this on my own wisdom and on my own knowledge, then I'm continually shooting people just because they don't look like me. Because do I know everything? Everybody said, no, thanks a lot. (laughs) I I don't. I don't know it all. I don't. I'm, I'm studying the scriptures. I'm trying to figure it out. But if I am pushing my image on you instead of the image of Christ and letting him set you free in order to bring out your personality, in order to bring you to fulfillment, then I am ultimately going to lead you to a place of condemnation because none of you are me. Does that make sense? We need to use the scriptures. But if I just throw away doctrine and I throw away the Bible and I say, well, you just do whatever feels good to you then I lead you to destruction because you still have nothing to look like and you're lost in a world of endless faces and you say, what do I do? What do I look like? Love is to say, don't look at me, look at him, but do look at him. The first point that Paul is trying to get across here to Timothy is that you've got to protect the flock. Let's look here. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrines and and several other things. What I want to point out here is he says, I'm urging you, I'm leading you, I'm trying to get you to hear my voice here so that you will remain. So that you will stay where God is calling you. So that you will stay where you need to be. So that you will stand your ground and not be pushed back. Don't go too much forward because God is calling you to something. Don't push your own agendas. Don't step outside of what God is doing through you. But stand your ground. Be strong. He says remain. People of God, we got to remain. Too many of us are giving up the front lines. You say, why has it always got to be a battle? Why does it always got to be about fighting? Because the fact of the matter is, we're in spiritual warfare. And until we realize this, guys, until we realize that we are called to be warriors of Christ, we will continually go the other way and be warriors for Satan. Did you know that? Did you know there there is no middle? There is no lukewarm. Everybody's like, well, I believe in Jesus, but I hadn't talked to him in 15 years. No, you don't. That is hard for me to believe. I'm not God, and I'm not the judge, but come on. Jesus Christ says in Revelation, he said, I wish that you were either hot or cold. Because you are lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I am asking you guys to stand in the gap with me. With Jesus Christ, stand in the gap. Step up. Say, I say no to the world and yes to Jesus. And I will stay here. I will not back down. I will not give in. I am going to make a statement that I am for God. I am for Jesus. He is my God. I will not be moved. I will not let it down. I will not let it go. We're going forward. We're not going back. Amen? Let's make a stand. People of God, remain. You see, Paul had poured into Timothy. He had poured in everything that he had to Timothy. He said, this is who I am. You can learn from me. I'm trying to follow Christ, but ultimately, take your eyes, lift them up to the heavens, look at Jesus Christ, be changed by Jesus Christ, fan this flame high as it'll go, and go past me, brother. You see, I'm not not trying to make you like me. I'm trying to lead you to a place of fulfillment in Jesus Christ so that he can show you who you were meant to be. And once you become who you were meant to be, then you will go way past me, way past those around you, and you will do what God has called you to do that nobody else can do. I cannot reach where you are. I cannot preach in your workplace. I cannot do that. This is air war. You are foot soldiers called to go into battle where you are so that you can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ where you are. You have power. Child of God, you have power. If you will will remain in the faith. And to remain in the faith, where do you have to be? Huh? In the faith? you got to be there to stay there. Get in your Bibles. Get with your friends. Get in a bucket group. We have the deeper sessions coming up, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. We'll pour in fellowship to one another. We'll get into the Word of God. We'll sharpen our swords, and we will move together. Together. And as we move together, we can't be stopped. Jesus Christ out in front. Remain. Remain. You're hearing. You're hearing the right. You're hearing the truth. You're hearing the gospel. Get in it and remain in it. Go deeper in it. The second is, is that we need to shoot the wolves. We can't just be all lovey-dovey all the time. We do stand for something. And while our, our echoing truth here that we proclaim is freedom, freedom, freedom it's not freedom to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it it is freedom to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ and freedom looks like something you say well I can't have any birds I can't have any rules on me I'm not I'm not submitting to any authority freedom is just being able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it that's a load that's a load Only when something is set on the track that it's supposed to be on can it be truly free to run like it was supposed to run. Ask any fish that's been thrown outside of the water how free he is. Oh, I'm confined to this water. Throw him out of the water and watch him flip-flop around on the ground until he dies. Put him in the confines and the restraints of the water and watch him take off. Only in the confines of the love of Jesus Christ and the redemptive power in his blood can you run the race of endurance to the end. Can you pour yourself out like an offering? Can you live like a living sacrifice, willing to lay down your life for the good of the gospel and the life of those around you? Only by the power of Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says that we are either slaves to righteousness or slaves to sin. To be a slave of righteousness is to be truly free. You say, what about these rules? What about the rules? Set a locomotive on the lockdown of the tracks and watch him run over everything in his path. Take him off the, cra- take him off the tracks and watch him kill everybody in sight. Only on the confines of the tracks. We stand for something. We stand for truth. We stand for the gospel. We will not back down. And so when people approach us, you see, it's the same. What we, what we tend to think is, is that the danger is coming from sin, obvious sins, such as things like we've talked about, Illuminati, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sexual abuse, pornography, and this is true. These things are coming at us full speed. Boom, 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 boom. They're coming at you. But the good thing about those obvious sins is they're obvious. And if you give in to those sins, then you're silly. It's it's hard when they're coming at you. But you that's easier. That's easier to steer away from those. Throw the DVDs away. <laughs> okay? Throw them away. Turn the TV out. Unhook the cable. Break ties with your dealer. These are obvious sins. The more dangerous sins are the prideful, arrogant, religious sins that come in from behind and they heap on us things that never were meant to heap on us. And so they lock us down and they tie us away. You say, where do you get that out of these scriptures? Let me show you. Paul tells Timothy, he says, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Stewardship there would be better understood as good order. You see, what he's saying is is that People are getting so caught. You see, what happens is, is that we preach against sin, but everybody knows we're against sin. So what we do is we tend to, to bleed over into these doctrines that we make up, man-made rules, and they look all kind of different things, how you dress, how you talk, how you walk, you know, all of these things that, that you know, is it good not to dress too provocatively for a woman? Yeah, I, I agree. You, you I definitely lead a man into sin. But am I going to look at you and say, if you wear this type of of outfit or that type of outfit, then you're condemned? Absolutely not. That is Christian conscience. We need to press into Jesus Christ. He's going to say that in just a second. And we need to be thinking. We need to be living life on purpose. When you stand in, in the mirror in the morning, it's not my job to look at you and say, why did you wear that? It's your job to stand before the mirror and say, is this glorifying God? Am I glorifying God? Am I a living sacrifice with my body? You see, what we do is we heap on people different doctrines that was never in God's Word, and people are trying to do that to you today. They're saying if you don't look like these certain things, then you're wrong. You're condemned. You're not even a Christian. But what Paul is telling Timothy is, look, you preach good doctrine. You stay in the Bible. Where the Bible speaks, you speak. Where the Bible doesn't speak, shut up. It's not your job. It is, your, it is my job to lead you before the throne of Jesus Christ. It is your job to see him, look at him, be in awe of him, be changed by him, and him change you from the inside. We trust God to do that here. We're trying to. You see, what happens is, is that we get called up, and, and others have gotten called up in different doctrines. They have gotten called up in... In devoting themselves to myths and endless genealogies we've talked about this scripture just a little bit but what happens is is that we get caught up in all of these things that we think should be right and all of these endless genealogies meaning well this is the way it's been done you see genealogies is the history of of this family the history of of this church the history of how this has been done And so what what he's saying is is that you're starting to to move away from the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ and you're going into these, these legalistic rules and regulations and what you're looking at here is taking your eyes off of the people and the work that is at hand going out into the community, going out into homes, going out into the darkness with your light and you're turning and you're looking at this piece of paper saying, hold on, you're not looking like this checklist. I'm not saying all tradition is wrong. Absolutely not. We need good tradition. But when your tradition overrides the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ, then your tradition needs to change. Not the gospel. The tradition needs to be put aside. Not the gospel. We need to reevaluate what we're doing here. We We don't proclaim what you should look like. We proclaim what Jesus looks like. It's about Him. If I tell you to dress this way or look this way, then I can make you dress this way and look this way. But that's what you're going to be, well-dressed. But if I tell you to look at the King of glory, who is bathed in power and righteousness, and as you look at Him, you start to change. Not on the outside, your clothes. That's behavioral modification. I'm talking about heart transformation. You start to change from the inside out. Could it affect the way that you dress outwardly? Sure. Could it affect the way that you physically spend your money? I hope. Could it affect the way that you physically walk? Probably. Because before Jesus, I was like this. Now I'm like this. What's up? Not really. Well, kind of. Depends on what day and if, my, if I'm in the store with my wife. You see, I'm walking like this, she's walking like this. You see, but we like to press against authority. We like to press against authority, except for the authority of Christ when we see it. We can fall into that. If you see him, if you see him in his glory, that's the only way that you can fall in. That's the only way that that your heart can be conformed is if you see him in his glory. So my job is to take you before the throne of God. Wesley's job is to take you before the throne of God so that you can see Jesus Christ. Did you see him a second ago? Did you see him a second ago? When, when When you have overcome, all power is yours. That's that's somebody you can bow down to. That's somebody the men of God can bow down to. The women of God can bow down to and say, that's what I want. That's what I want. And when that happens, when he falls into you, when you fall into him, he changes you from the inside out. We don't press on endless genealogies. The the way that they did it back then, if, if that's cool, then great. If it's not, I don't need it. And let me make one clarification here, because what I'm not talking about is changing the message or the doctrine. We've got to be careful there. There's a difference in the message and the means by which that message goes out. Ask my wife. I'm a theological neatnik. I mean, I care probably too much about the ins and outs of different theologies and doctrines and, and little minute details. We'll talk one day. All I'm saying, that can't change. The message is eternal. We get it from the word of God. It doesn't change. It doesn't fade. We are not leaning on it. Jesus Christ is the only God. He physically walked the earth. He physically died. He supernaturally rose from the grave, conquering death for you and me. I'm not giving up on that. I'll go to the grave with it. But the means by which that message goes out must continually change. And you can look at Jesus Christ, you can look at Paul, you can look at Peter, and it all did the same thing. When Paul went to the Areopagus, he looked around and he said, I see all these statues you guys have. Let me tell you about this one. He went to them in their environment, looked at what they were doing, and said, let me tell you about this guy through your language. Again... I don't know if they can turn this thing up. It's not about how you do it. It's not about how I do it. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about his power and his glory and his freeing attributes. Press into Jesus. There's freedom here at the well. Confined freedom that sets you free indeed. It is the truth of God. We've got to put this with a backdrop, though. And the backdrop is, is that Tim, I mean, Paul continues on, and he doesn't just say, you need to understand the Bible, you need to figure out where you are, and then you need to go around just blasting people, pow, pow, pow. You don't believe like me? Pow! But he says, the aim of our charge is love. Now, before we step out of that, and I've got a little bit of time, I'm, I'm doing good. why is that so funny I want to one area and and I want to be gentle here um, because I'll go ahead and tell you the way we do things is not the only way to do things it's not I love uh, our traditional brothers and sisters around here Um, pray for us because as a matter of fact June 3rd um, the well has took the initiative to reach out to Uh, some of the local churches, all of the local churches that we can think of, and we're asking the pastors in those churches, the ministers in those churches, if they will come and step into a prayer partnership with us so that we can pray for our community, so that we can love them, so that we can see how maybe we can work together to love on them and share the gospel with them. Now, some have declined, and that's okay, but several have said, we'll do that with you. We'll do that with you. That is awesome. Give God a hand. That is awesome because not all of these are Baptist churches. They're not all Pentecostal. They're not all Methodist. As a matter of fact, we've got some Pentecostal churches. We've got a Methodist church. We've got Baptist churches. And that is phenomenal. People say, what are you? I don't know if you guys even know. What are we? Most people think we're non-denominational. We're not actually non-denominational. What do you think? Southern Baptists, yeah. Christians, yeah. We are actually part of the Southern Baptist Conference. You believe it? Everybody say, wow. That's cool. You know, a lot of people put things on the Southern Baptists that shouldn't be there. And we did the same thing. You know, I understand the hesitancy because a lot of Southern Baptist churches are very fundamental, very conservative, very, you know, kind of, you know. uh, and we're like, amazing grace. <laughs> you know? But we went to a meeting. Sorry, babe. I know that. Just, I just embarrassed her or something like But we went to a, a South Carolina Baptist church planning thing, and it was amazing. There was actually a liturgical church. There was a cowboy church. Yee-haw! There was a, there was a coffee church, you know. There was um, um, black churches, white churches, a Hispanic church. It was awesome. We were in the room all together, loving God, and seeing how we can plant this church. This is be- right before we planted right before we were deciding whether or not we want to be a part of the Southern Baptist. Um, I, had a, I, had a, I continually have people come up to me and say, well, what denomination are you in? You know? And I'll say, we're Baptocostalis. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I was telling Wesley the other day, I don't even know where they went, maybe they're backstage, but I was telling Wesley the other day, um, it, we really are. We really are like Baptist-Costalists. You know, we, we believe, I, we're in line with doctrine. You see, in order to become ordained in the Southern Baptist Convention, you got to go through some pretty rigorous questioning and testing. So we line up. We line up doctrinally across the board. But the open-handed issues, we love the Spirit. We love it when it gets moving. I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, don't bother me at all. I love when the Holy Spirit gets to rolling. And also, very much like a Methodist church is very good at getting in the community and seeking out social issues and, and feeding the poor, we love to do that. So literally, we want to be called so, Baptist-less, all right? We want to cross those lines. And as a matter of fact, I, that's, what, that's what the prayer was, and we're doing that. Because we are in hand-in-hand with some Pentecostal churches. We're in hand-in-hand with some uh, other, other denominations uh, uh, other, other, across the board, bridging the gap. That's amazing. And it's not just my doing. It's you guys and the other leaders in the church and the other elders. And you know, that's the last thing I'll say about this. Denominationalism can get to where I was just talking about. Well, if you're not a Southern Baptist, (laughs) you're not a Christian. Come on. That's silly. And I said that. I'm a Southern Baptist. But I say that's silly. You're telling me that... I mean, when we get to heaven, how are (laughs) the, no, no, there's going to be all kind of believers in heaven, and the question won't be, are you Southern Baptist, are you Baptist, are you Independent Baptist, are you Free Will Baptist, are you Pentecostal, are you Church of God, hallelujah, or are you, are you Methodist, it's not going to be the question, it is, what "What'd you do with Jesus, what would you do with Jesus? And the question of the non-denomination thing, and this open to debate, but my thing is, is that I had a guy come to me and say, oh, you're going to be a denomination. Well, I just don't believe in division. Shouldn't have all these, non, all these denominations. So we're, we're going to be non-denominational. <laughs> all that's doing is starting another denomination called a non-denomination. <laughs> Why don't you just pick one and get in it? That way we'll have one less. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Anyway, off my stool. Point number two: feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. You see, the people of God need to remain where God has put them, and He has put them on a mountain that is, that is Jesus Christ. And you know why He's put them on that mountain so that they can have good aim. And so you are to be watching. You see, we walk through life haphazardly and carelessly, and we don't look around us to see what's going on. So people step into our kids' lives. They step into our lives. They invite things in when they should have been picked off at a distance. Boom! Not today. Boom! Not today. But you see, if you're on the mountain of Christ, then you can also look out in the distance like the father of the prodigal son So that you can see that child a long way off and run. That rhymed. Y'all hear that? I'm serious. You see, it is our job to protect and throw hands if we have to. Metaphorically speaking. But it is also our job to lower our hands and kneel to those children. To those who are spiritually immature. To those who are are led away and led astray by by the enemy. So... We've got to be in the Word of God. We've got to be on the mountain of Jesus Christ so that we can see, so that we can understand and tell the difference between wolves and sheep. If you don't know the difference between wolves and sheep, then you're continually shooting the wrong one Or sheep. We've got to be paying attention. We've got to be in the Word. We've got to receive the gift of discernment by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the proclamation of Jesus Christ, so that we can tell the difference. And then you've got to be man enough. You've got to be woman enough, which means you've got to be strong enough in the faith to be moved by God to stand your ground, young soldier. The way you do this is, he says, the aim of our charge. You see, he's still taking aim. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. That's that's your cue, Nate. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Listen to this. Certain persons, by swerving from these have wandered away into vain discussion desiring to be teachers of the law without even understanding what they're saying or the things about which may they make confident assertions you see my thing is is that I listen to these things and I love doctrine I love to get into the Bible I love facts I love, and I don't know everything but but I do love to get in and try to learn things and what I hear people saying often is is that well you need to do things this way this way this way and this way because of these things and I'm thinking You obviously have done no homework. You obviously have no idea what you're talking about. Please be quiet because you're leading people astray. What he's saying is, is that as you go about doing what God has called you to do, you need to have three things that tie you down to the truth of God. They are a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. A pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And these things aren't legalities that you say, well, I've got this checked off and I've got this checked off. These are heart issues that we look down into our heart. We say, what is is my motive for doing what I'm doing? Is it self-promotion? Is it selfish ambition? Am I telling you to look like me or am I leading you to the throne of God? We've got to look at our hearts. Men, we've got to look at our hearts. I do too. As you interact with your child, as you interact with your children, do you discipline out of anger or out of purity of heart that leads them to a closer walk with Jesus Christ? Examine your heart to see whether you be in the faith, is what Paul says. And then we go to a good conscience. You see, it's not my word against your word, it's not me making you look like me, it's you being free by the power of God in the blood of Jesus Christ through the movement of the Holy Spirit to live in the faith listen guys I could write you a list of things that typically are done by Christians and I could give it to you and you could memorize the list and you could change your behavior but if Jesus Christ does not penetrate through your hard heart and rip it out and speak life that's no good waste dust blown by the wind gone Jesus is moving in here today some of you have been playing church some of you thought you were saved but when Jesus just dropped the 12 pound sledge on your heart when I said that you said maybe not who do you live for who's your king you see love and true a true walk With Jesus Christ comes out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. What's your faith look like? Is it a silly faith or a sincere faith? A silly faith or a sincere faith? Does Jesus Christ reach into your everyday life or are you playing church? I love you enough to speak the truth. If Jesus Christ doesn't impact you every day, then you're probably going the wrong way. He's not a half-time God. He's a king that deserves a full-time love. This is no game. This is not time for wondering. It's time for you to get on your face. Men of God, I call you to get on your face. You see, because as we look at these truths, and as we come to the close in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see the truth manifested before us today through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say unto you, that Jesus Christ is not looking for you to change your behavior but he's looking to come in and be your Savior Jesus Christ will not be denied and he is the fulfillment of these scriptures you see he is the lion and the lamb he is the lion and the lamb and while he should have took his power and wiped us all out with one stroke he reached out and pulled us in and he loved us and with His power, He groomed us. And He's calling you to be the same. You see, Jesus Christ, as the lion, went into the den, went into hell, went into Satan. And He slay the beast by laying down His life for the Lamb. Jesus Christ is calling you to a place of immense power through the utmost sacrifice of power. He who knew no sin became sin, so that you might become the righteousness of God. Are you playing church, friend? Maybe today is the day that you lay down the games and pick up the sword. Maybe today is the day that you quit joking around and step into fulfillment. Where are you with Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? You see, the Bible says that Satan is, is walking around like a roaring lion, making a bunch of noise. But the Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is the Lion of Zion, and he is coming to rule and reign with an iron scepter. Whose team are you on? Who is giving you a reason to live? Who is changing you? Who is pouring into you? You playing games, or are you living it's time to live. It's time to live. And as we all stand to our feet today, the invitation is this. Some of you under the sound of my voice need to come to salvation in Jesus Christ. You need to come to the lion and be changed forevermore. Some of you have received Christ. Some of you have stepped into a relationship with him. But you need to rededicate your lives You need to to step back into that relationship and you say, Brandon, I have been walking around with no purpose. I've not been living life on purpose. I've been just walking and I'm tired of it. I'm ready to fall in behind the King with my head held high and march with Him. Not because of my own righteousness or power, but because He is righteous and all-powerful you don't have to be perfect friend we all have issues here I'm a sinner the biggest sinner in the room been to jail nine times before I was 20 years old Jesus Christ reached in and changed my life I'm no different than you I could come down there and you could come up here will you enter in will you remain with me will you enter in with me will you remain with me Will you stand firm and help me pick the wolves off as they come in? And help me reach out to broken sheep so that Jesus can come in? Will you do that to me? The the invitation is, is open. Who here will link arms with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and say, I'm willing to do battle? Jesus Christ is going to change lives today. Will it be yours? We all can take a step. I love you guys. We're going to fight this fight. We're going to fight it together. And not because our denomination is right. And not because we do this or do that. It's because Jesus is here. And he will not be denied. Amen. The altar is open. I'll meet you here. Let's do battle together. And those of you who are hurting and in pain... Come and let these warriors pray over you. Come and let these warriors pray over you. We are here for you. We are here for you. I'll get on my knees with you. I'll cry with you. I'll love on you. Warriors of God, come forward. Come forward. Even in your weakness.